What up, though, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the GOAT Debate Podcast. It is episode number 21, episode 21 of the GOAT Debate. So glad that you guys are joining us, those that are listening live. We are live right now on Facebook. Those that are listening uh, later on your podcasting platforms, we certainly appreciate you guys taking out the time to listen to the show. Meech and Darius here with you. As always, and we have another exciting episode on tap tonight. What's up, Darius? Oh, man. Uh, I'm excited. We've got a great one, a difficult one, I would say, to come up with a top five list. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the composite is, what the tribe thought of these um, topics and, and, and where they were placed and ranked. Um, because, you know, depending on what your criteria criteria is, um, you know, you can see a lot of these move up and down within the top five, I think, uh, to some degree. So that, that, yeah. that should be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the topic tonight is one where you could argue that they're really, I don't know if there's really a consensus top five. I think if you asked several different people to name their favorites, to name their tops. Uh, as Darius takes a sip of wine there. <laughs> name your favorite, name your top Dude. Uh, uh, in this particular category. I think you might get a variety of answers uh, from, from a variety of people. So tonight on episode number 21 uh, of the GOAT Debate podcast, we are going to talk about the best book to film adaptations of all time. So, uh, of course, I, I, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what that means. Basically, the best movie that was uh, originally a book. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. A very, very challenging uh, topic. Darius and I gave our top fives probably very late in the process. Um, the tribe was, I think, very thoughtful in their in their voting in the sense of it took them some time to actually think about it and uh and submit some choices so i think tonight is going to be uh one of our more one of our more interesting shows so tonight best book to film uh adaptation and so as we do uh, on each episode of the go debate podcast before we get into our top five uh, we always like to talk about our honorable mentions. So for those of you that might be new to the GOAT debate, I like to remind people how this works every every few episodes. Uh, tonight, we will do a top five. That top five is com uh, comprised of a composite of my top five, Darius's top five, and the top five of our listeners that we poll. We call them the tribe. And so we take a composite top five and count that down. And before we do that, we always like to talk about some honorable mentions, a couple of uh, high vote getters that didn't quite make the top five. So we're gonna talk about our first honorable mention tonight. Our first honorable mention uh, is a, a, a adaptation 
from a book that was originally published in 1988. Uh, the book was written by Thomas Harris. The film uh, was adapted in 1991 and is a cult classic, Darius. It is it is considered one of the best psychological thrillers, psychological horror films. Uh, I don't know if it's horror, but uh, some people may classify it as such. But one of the best films in that genre, that kind of that psycho psychological thriller genre, one of the best films of all time in that genre. And we're talking about The Silence of the Lambs. We're talking about Hannibal Lecter, uh, of course, in the film adaptation, uh, Anthony Hopkins plays Hannibal Lecter. Uh, Jodie Foster plays Clarice, who uh, Hannibal Lecter uh, says her name in a very memorable way throughout the entire film. But Silence of the Lambs was, uh, was a, a very good book, obviously, for... Um, I don't know. I guess most most movies that are uh, most books that are uh, adapted to movies usually are, are are pretty good, pretty good books or else they wouldn't think they were good enough to make making the movies. But uh, Silence of the Lambs, man, um, one of those uh, as far as the book goes, it was it, it won a, uh, a Bram Stoker Award for Best Novel in 1988. It also won. Uh, an Anthony Award for Best Novel in 1989, and of course, the film was was critically acclaimed. What were your thoughts on uh, the Silence of the Lambs? It, it's one of my favorite films to watch late at night. Um, I don't know what that says about me. Late at night. Okay. All right, <laughs> but because it adds the you know you're dark and it's a dark dark film. Um, but what I, I found interesting was um, the writer of the novel, Thomas Harris, uh, he, an English major, you know, lends itself to being a good writer, of course. Um, but he was a, a, a reporter that followed up on uh, crime. So he was a newspaper writer and it just kind of, you know, got to see all these real gruesome, horrible things. Because you kind of wonder, like, how does how does someone come to write about one the FBI and you know as we see a uh, Clarice uh, she's she's new newly from the academy um, and then gets on this big big case with this with this uh, you know pronounced killer and uh, how does someone get into that mindset? But apparently he was you know he was in it every single day with all this crime that he was covering for the newspaper and. Uh, the 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 Red Dragon series, which is a part of uh, Silence of the Lamb, uh, was that came out first, and before that, he wrote a, a a book called Black Sunday, which was a novel about um, a hostage situation, you know, coming from the Olympics. So he's he's deep into this this you know crime and ser you know you know real weird creepy you know sort of of crime, I would say, and and that kind of see you see it build and build and build to this this movie series that you know became from this book that's just legendary now it's now a part of history so um you know the series was good but the movies to me 
were amazing. And that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And, and I would say um, now it's interesting in the uh, the chronological order of the books, Red Dragon came before the Silence of the Lambs. But in the the film release releases, Red Dragon came after Silence of the Lambs. But I think but I think right. it was considered it was considered a prequel. I think that's the way yes. it was. Uh, it, it was presented. I did not like Red Dragon as much. I remember I remember seeing that one in, in the movie theaters, but obviously Silence of the Lambs was just so iconic and it was so good that it was, you know, just really hard. A lot of times trying to come with that sequel or that prequel, um, it's just mm-hmm. really, really hard to duplicate the success of of the original. I mean, when you think about the film, Silence of the Lambs, you know, it was made on a $19 million budget. It grossed over $272 million um, at the the box office. Um, As far as uh, awards, obviously it won five Academy Awards, Best Picture, Best Director, Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor, Jodie Foster won Best Actress, and it won, surprise, surprise, Best Adapted Screenplay. So in addition to uh, to Best Sound as well. So it was, I would probably venture to say that the film prob- probably had more, more success than, than the actual, uh, the book. But nonetheless, Silence of the Lambs is definitely one of the best uh, book-to-film adaptations that uh, that I think we we've seen. In terms of um, what uh, the book in comparison to the movie, uh, the the books, the book and the film kind of stayed very. The adaptation was very close to the novel, so uh, in, in many aspects, and most people consider. Uh, Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins exceeding expectations in their portrayals of Hannibal Lecter and and Clarice. So Silence of the Lambs, our first uh, honorable mention uh, tonight as we count down the best book to film adaptations of, of all time. Now, our second honorable mention, I think this particular series of movies they are uh i don't know if they're on break right now but they're still making they're still making these films now this one uh silence of the lambs is a great one obviously one of my uh one of my favorites i think that i'm probably uh i've probably seen most of the films in this series as we talk about our second honorable mention here um the first film actually I think came out in 1993. And created a phenomenon with the original. I think uh, the sequels, depending on which one, they were okay. 
But uh, we're talking about Jurassic Park as our second honorable mention tonight uh, for best uh, book to film adaptations. What were your thoughts on uh, Jurassic Park? Obviously, you know, it's a fun, the movies are fun. I mean, the movies, I say fun, but in terms of obviously there's some parts that actually actually scare you a little bit with the dinosaurs uh but you know it's a it they're they're generally kind of you know fun movies as they take you on the on this wild ride if you will uh dinosaurs gone wild but uh jurassic park our second honorable mention tonight uh just a a, a brief synopsis dares before i jump to you on 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 your thoughts the book obviously came out in 1990 the first film came out in uh 1993 so Darius, go ahead and jump in give us your thoughts on uh on jurassic park well i mean this is definitely a gotta be a snub it's gotta be a snub um you know i, I think it did like five million um copies sold before it even became a movie and um if if you put that in perspective um like 200 to 500 uh million copies is what something does and it's you know the top tier books and it did five before it became um a movie and of course once the movie comes out then they launched on that but the the book was really good i remember having uh read it in middle school uh some other kid had it and you know i wasn't particularly into dinosaurs or anything like that but for some reason i think it was on the summer reading list or something like that and uh and i saw it but didn't read it and then someone gave it to me and i got it and it's like this is probably the thickest book i had ever read to that point it was huge it was white i remember it was white awesome cover with the you know that classic uh, skull of, of a T-Rex on there. And, um, and I actually re I read it from cover to cover. It was amazing. And then, you know, when I finally saw the movie, to me, it was like, you know, at that time, it was so realistic um, seeing that movie in theaters. Um, so, so I thought it was amazing. And then went off went on to gross a billion dollars. I mean, the money, you, you mentioned all the, the various they've had, a whole trilogy and then now they're they reboot that with chris pratt as the lead and uh they're just i think that's you know top 10 grossing movies of all time so just the the the, the newer one so if you take all that money that franchise has made it's it's just one of the most dominating franchises um ever and and we see it in theme parks so it's you know carried over from from books to movies to universal now um, so it, it is just, um, a beast. And as, uh, Shane says, just talking about it has Stokes scared. Um, so <laughs> it, it just did an amazing job. I mean, it was an amazing movie, amazing book. I mean, you know, man, listen, man, I'm not going to lie. Back in the day, those Raptors, the Velociraptors, oh, the Raptors. that scene oh. in that first one where, uh, the girl's like, I don't know where she is. She's like in a lab or something. And right. helpers open it. they open the door. I'm like, what in the world is going on? You know, I mean, it was pretty wild. They were actually probably scarier than the uh, than the T-Rex. 
But then I just thought it got, you know, as the movies progressed, it became like, you know, they, they tried to kind of make the Raptors kind of like the centerpiece of, of some of the movies. And then they started to be able to like communicate with each other and talk yeah. in ways. And I mean, it, it kind of got a little, a little much. And then they started, you know, they had to create like the, the super predator, you know, something that was more vicious than the T-Rex and you got the Indominus Rex and the, you know, all these different, uh, these different uh, super predator versions of, uh, uh, of the T-Rex. And and so uh, Shane uh, properly corrected me and said it was a kitchen that the girl was, uh, was hiding in and the, and the Raptor came in. So, Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen. Uh, I did see the first Chris Pratt reboot, which uh, was mm-hmm. that Jurassic World, and I did. I did like that. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Um, right. And I guess I have not seen uh, the sequel to that, so I, I need to see that in order to be uh, completely caught up on the on the Jurassic Park series. But all of the the previous ones with uh, you know like Jeff Goldblum and. And, and and all those uh, actors and actresses that were in in those versions, I've seen that. Of course, we should acknowledge the author of the uh, the novel, uh, Michael Crichton. I think I'm saying his name correctly. I could be butchering that, but uh, he is, of course, uh, the the author of of the Jurassic Park book, um, a 448 page book, as Darius uh, pointed out, one of the thickest books that he's. Uh, that he's uh, ever, ever read, uh, critically acclaimed, obviously. Um, and as Dara said, you know, over $1 billion grossed with the movie adaptation and several, several sequels. Maybe too many, Dara's, maybe too many. But uh, Jurassic Park, nonetheless, definitely could be considered a snub based on the, the box office success. Definitely one of the best uh, book to film adaptations of all time. So those are our two honorable mentions, Jurassic Park and The Silence of the Lambs. Now let's get into the top five, starting with number five. Now listen, this this book has not only been adapted to a movie, it's also been adapted to a play. I know because I've seen the play. <laughs> I... Uh, I saw I saw the uh, the play adaptation, which is very good. You know, it was a uh, uh, it was a while back. It was a thirtieth birthday trip for for the misses and took her to see the the play version, the play adaptation, and it was very good. This adaptation is of a nineteen eighty two novel written by Alice Walker. The book, before it even became a film, um, was a Pulitzer Prize winner in 1983 uh, in the fiction category. It won a National Book Award uh, in the in the you know in the uh, fiction category as well. Again, I mentioned it being adapted to a movie, also being adapted to a play, and we're talking about the color purple. The color purple. Of course, uh, the film 
came out in 1985, three years after uh, the book was released. And it had a who's who of, of actors and actresses in the movie from Danny Glover to Whoopi Goldberg to Oprah Winfrey. Uh, it was a an excellent, excellent movie. $15 million budget grossed $142 million uh, at the box office. Surprisingly, it received a litany of Oscar nominations. In fact, it received, what, 10 Oscar nominations? And they didn't win one? 10 Oscar nominations for The Color Purple, and it did not win in any category, which is which is very, very surprising because it was an excellent movie. Darius, what are your thoughts on The Color Purple coming in at number five on our uh, on our list tonight? Is it really that surprising that a, a black film didn't win oh. any Oscars? <laughs> of course, back then, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> today, it would have got at least one. They, they, you know, the help, you know, they like that type of movie. But I digress. Um, you know, when I was looking into this, um, you know, some of those stars, you mentioned all the stars. A lot of them were, were young and unknown at that time. Right. Um, Whoopi Goldberg was an experienced thespian on the stage, right. and she had written to Alice Walker, the 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 author of the book, and said, "I don't know if this will ever become a movie, but if it is, I'll play the dirt on the floor." She said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and little, you know, not too long after that, she received a. Um, a letter back saying, I know exactly who you are. I've seen your stuff and I've sent, sent your information in. Uh -huh. And apparently that's how she got in. And uh, Oprah Winfrey, um, you know, she, she read the book and, 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 and was, you know, so hooked and she really wanted to get into it. But apparently Quincy Jones, who was um, dealing with some lawsuit issues for Michael uh, was in Chicago, saw her on the television and, uh, said that she needs to get into this movie and she uh she um said she didn't need a speaking role that she would she's willing to carry the script or, or or help people with water is what she said like so you hear this vibe you know these who are now legends in the business willing to do anything and everything to be a part of this because they had read um the script uh or read the book rather and, uh, and, and, and Oprah didn't think she was going to get in and she thought she was too big and, and this and that, and was that, you know, put her in a, a fat boot camp, um, you know, after all the, all the auditions and apparently Steven, she says that Steven Spielberg heard about it and called her and said, Hey, don't you lose one pound or you'll lose this role. And, uh, she, she immediately went and got <laughs> some Dairy Queen <laughs> and filled up after that. <laughs> uh -huh. Wow. That that is a uh, that is quite that is quite the backstory. It's crazy. It's crazy. All these people doing so much to be a part of this is is the point. And uh, and and Shane says he has never seen the movie. I have a confession. I have never seen it either. What? <laughs> How are you kidding me? You've never seen the color purple? Are you serious? Well, listen. 
listen, there, there's, there's a reason why. For uh, me, we all know I don't watch period pieces, right? Oh God! This However, came out. It's fictional, though. It's not. It's not like based on. Based it on. Came out story. When I was three Stokes. It was a PG thirteen movie. Okay. okay. I I wasn't watching it anytime soon, so. I know, I know a lot of it's been on TV like a hundred times since. But now I'm not gonna go. I'm, it's, it's like I said, I'm not gonna go back and watch it. Uh, as great as it was, it was the number one rated PG 13 movie of that um, year, number four overall. I mean, it, it's a great movie. Um, I've heard How the would you know? a you million times. Because I've heard, I've heard. <laughs> oh it my! Is, life. But, it, but it is a good movie. I'll give you a hard time. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a great movie. Yes, I saw the. We uh, all the same path. We, this is not our cup of tea. I, uh, I especially like slave shame. movies and old movies like that in that same genre. I know what. Uh, give me something more inspiring. So I saw the play adaptation of uh, the movie and the book which Oprah was was heavily involved in. Ironically, I saw it in Chicago, which of course Oprah uh filmed her her TV show there for many 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 years. And so, uh the play was great. The um I guess the star of the play, I well, obviously like Celie is kind of the central character in the the movie, the book, you know, the play, but the actual named you know, recognized actress or person in the play was Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. She actually played uh, Suge Avery in the in the play adaptation of 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 the of the book and the movie. So um, saw that. Like I said, it was it was very good. Um, saw it in Chicago. It was great. But uh, yeah, the movie is excellent. You know, Danny Glover. I didn't know. I didn't think a black man could be uh, could be hated in a movie more than Danny Glover until Samuel L. Jackson's character in Django. Like he he overtook <laughs> Mister because you know Danny Glover's character they called him Mister in uh right in, in the color purple, and I think Samuel L. Jackson's character in in Django probably has the number one spot for like the most hated brother in in cinema history, but mm-hmm. it was probably Mr. Before that he was, he was such a, you know, such a vile character, man. I mean, he was, he was a pretty bad dude in that movie. So, um, you know, color purple is a great movie, man. Um, definitely worth seeing for those of you that have not seen it already. I mean, it's hey, make it worse. I think I have the DVD. I think my wife has the DVD. Oh, so man, come on, man. You, 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 you're, <laughs> You're just you're you're not scoring points here tonight. But yeah, man, the color purple, amazing movie, amazing book. You know, it's one of those, and I was wrong. I said it got 10 Oscar nominations. It actually got eleven and did not win one. It got four Golden Globe nominations, did not win one. And so probably in addition to uh well, I shouldn't say in addition to because it made the top five, so it's not a snub, but definitely got snubbed during the award season, you know, back there in the mid 80s. So the color purple coming in at number five on our list, the best book to film adaptations of all time coming in at number four is one that I've never seen, 
this one personally was comes out of left field for me. I'm sorry. I I did not see the movie. I did not read the book. I don't know a whole lot about it, so I'm going to give the floor to you, Dares Brown. You tell me why why this book is so great, why the movie was even greater. Coming in at number four. Now, what was surprising about this, I will say this, was that the tribe was on it. Like, this movie got, if I'm not mistaken, it was the, it was tied for the top vote getter by the tribe for the best book to film adaptation. It was tied for first. I can't believe it. But it comes in at number four on our list tonight because I didn't rank it. It didn't make my list. It made yours, your personal list. But coming in at number four is the girl with the dragon tattoo. Darius Brown, I know nothing about this. The floor is yours. Man, uh, I know that the color purple is, is a mainstay stay in the black household so right so that's one that you know if you're black you're supposed to have seen right well we got two brothers what are the chats what on the show i don't i don't know why i just brought that black card revoked black i don't know why i brought that back on me yeah i should have left that alone but this is a this is a movie that garners watching okay because wait a minute are is that a slight on the color garners watching are you are you implying Darius brown that the color purple does not garner watching the acting no. in that movie no is a one a one i'm not disagreeing i'm not disagreeing um I'm, I'm not going to i'm not even going there i'm not even going there there's a show um uh, on the inter- internet, uh, black blasphemy, where uh, you know they 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 discuss things that black people should like because they are black, no other reason. Oh, and I boy. think the oh, color purple would be would fall in that category. But I'm gonna leave that for a different discussion. Okay. Um, I'm just saying that to say, I think the girl with the dragon tattoo, just for a to get your mind going is one that you should watch, but it is a dark series. It's a part of the millennium uh, series, which is the name of the magazine uh, that one of the main characters write for. So since you haven't seen it, basically uh, a writer it's, this is a Swedish product. So for me, I don't really do foreign films. I know this isn't necessarily a foreign film. The book is uh, foreign, but the girl with the um, dragon tattoo was it, it was originally called Men Who Hate Women in, in, in Sweden. Um, but it's about it, it's it's so great because it is two stories that merge into one. One, there's this this journalist who um, is ousted from his job and, and he, he feels slighted about it. But he is hired to solve a problem. This guy's niece went missing like 40 years ago, and uh, he he really wants that 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 solved. And in return, he will basically give him information on the people who made him lose his job. So 
this tale follows him trying to discover what happened to this missing person, what happened to this girl. And along the way, he hires this girl with the dragon tattoo and she's bisexual and she's, she, uh, you know, kind of like a Britney Spears situation where her money is held by somebody else. She has to go report to this person and uh, he gives her money uh, when he sees fit and he ended up rapes her. And then he turns, she turns on him. It's very dark. It's a very dark, but she's very smart and like savvy. And, and she goes on to, 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 to help him find this missing girl and what happened. And when, you know, Things are unveiled right underneath under underneath your nose, and it's just it's just a great mystery, um, and it's it's dark, it's different. Like I said, so if if you're a fan of um, Silence of the Lambs that uh, we spoke about, it's a little bit it's uh, the twists are a little bit darker than that, but it's kind of in the same vein, I would say. So um, it's just a great great story. Um, that that I think is worth checking out. So I think you should give it a try. It's also been readily available. Don't be scared. I, I, I'll, I'll watch it if you watch The Color Purple. Oh, oh, that's okay. Oh. Fair is fair. You watch oh, The Color Purple. Okay. I'll watch the girl with the, dra- with the dragon tattoo. Oh. I think I remember my, my, my wife really wanting to see this or have seen it. I'm. I know I didn't see it. So if she saw it, she saw it without me. But um, I mean, look at. Hey, listen. Movie stats speak for themselves. Ninety million dot. Wow, a ninety million dollar budget. Okay, two hundred and thirty-two million at the box office. That's not bad. Uh, five Oscar nominations, including one win for best film editing. I think Runa Mara got nominated for best actress. It was also nominated for best cinematography, best sound editing and best sound mixing. And then didn't win in any of those categories, but did win for best film editing. So uh, critically acclaimed, won a ton of uh, other awards from, you know, uh, broadcast film critics, Chicago film critics. So, you got a very critically acclaimed uh, film. It won a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Best score soundtrack for visual mm-hmm. media. So, you know, it's a, it, it won a Grammy as well. So the It's girl, very artsy. It's yeah, very okay. artsy in a way. But it, because it, it, the way it weaves in those two storylines of the girl, you know, messing with her money and then finding the other guy trying to find this. Very artsy. Okay. All right. Well, the girl, look at that. The girl with the dragon tattoo. And it stars James Bonds for those who are like, oh, it stars <laughs> Daniel James Craig. Bond. Yes. I'm like, wait a minute. James Bond is in it too? I really got to watch this. What do they do? Like a, like a, uh, what do they call it with two different, two different characters come together? What was it was like a Marvel movie multiverse. Is it a, yeah, is that a multiverse? Like multiverse? Yeah. Kind of like they did with the, like Mr. Glass and uh, yeah. and the, the 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 dude with the multiple personality split, whatever his name but, was, yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. So I was about to say, man, Bond is in this movie, but you mean <laughs> the guy who the guy who plays uh, James yes. Bond? Yeah, da- Daniel Craig stars in the movie, and then of course, uh, I think it's uh, what is it, Runa? Is it Rooney Mara? Sure, is that her name? 
Let's yeah. Go Let's go with that. Yeah, Rooney Mara. Yeah, she plays Lizbeth, who mm-hmm. uh, and and again she uh she she received an Oscar nomination uh, for for her role in the movie as well. So, the girl with the dragon tattoo. I think that's a movie. I guess I need to add to my to my watch list. Okay, so coming in at number four. Now on to number three. I think this is one that. So here's. <laughs> I think this is what, of course, everyone is going to be familiar with. I haven't seen any of these movies, not one, because I've never been interested in them. However, I know they are very, uh, the series of films have done amazing in the box office. It is a favorite of the tribe because this these series of films so there's more than one tied with the girl with the dragon tattoo for the most votes by the tribe. Darius, this movie came in at number three on your personal list. Number one on the tribes list tied for number one. I did not rank it on my list. Uh, however, it garnered enough composite points to come in at number three. Interestingly enough, man, this this these movies are adapted from a book that was written, what, decades before the movies ever came out. These books came right. out in the mid-50s. So yeah. we're talking about The Lord of the Rings coming in at number three on our list of best book-to-film adaptations. Lord of the Rings, the original book came out in 1954. We didn't get the first Lord of the Rings movie until 2001. Now, what's so interesting, I want to talk about the book first. What's so interesting about the book is that it stood the test of time, man. It has been one of the most popular books decade after decade after decade, you know, years after its its original uh, release. I mean, when you look at some of the the critical accolades that, that it has, in 2015, BBC ranked The Lord of the Rings uh, 26th on its list of 100 greatest British novels. It's considered one of uh, the 100 best books of the century. I mean, it is very, very beloved by people all over the world. And of course, when the movies come out, the movies just knock it out of the park in terms of um you know box office sales the three movies combined were made on a 281 million dollar budget the movies combined grossed almost three billion dollars 2.9 billion dollars and so lord of the rings again i haven't seen any of them but i know enough about the popularity of the books to know that the movies were very popular, they did very well. As you guys said earlier, with the cup, with uh, the color purple, not personally my cup of tea, but I definitely can understand why the Lord of the Rings is on this list. Yeah, and, and it wasn't necessarily my favorites, um, but um, out of respect, you know, it definitely had to make the list. But it also had one of the most amazing fight scenes, uh, as you know they're trying to invade this tower and then you just see uh 
you know, warriors and warriors from as far as your eye can see. And it, it was just an epic battle scene. But um, I also remember them felt like they were super long too. <laughs> so, um, you know, trying to stuff all that in. But, you know, you, you mentioned, um, you know, how great it was it, it, in, in, t- in this test of time. I mean, to I mean, think about it. What other book has a big biggest gap from when it was, you know, made, you know, Passion of the Christ might be the, 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 the biggest one, the biggest gap. Um, but other than that, you know, everything. <laughs> 2,000 years later. <laughs> it took you a second. 2,000 years after the death and the resurrection of Christ. The passion of Christ is made. So, so the Bible and, and Lord of the Rings are, you know. <laughs> Are the two longest, but uh, but uh, yeah, Shane's not feeling the, this one either. He says, "Blah." I mean, it, it's you gotta it's you gotta be in that Dungeon of Dragons realm of of you know personality, I guess, to 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 really fall in love with these movies. They're long. It's you know elves and dwarfs and things of that nature. So you know. Hobbits, of course. The books, the books itself were were a tough read, and not a tough read, but you know, you have to really get into it, and the movies reflect that. So, you know, but there's no denying over 500 million um, books sold collectively, uh, something like that. So, it's just a beast of a movie and a film franchise. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Very, uh, definitely, like I said, definitely deserving of being on the list. I know in-, in 150, re- sorry, 150 million. 150 million, okay. And in, and in recent memory, man, when you think about uh, book-to-film adaptations, this is one that, you know, in the last decade or so, this is one of those dominant, dominant franchises um, I think we got, well, we got three movies. I think the book was actually one book and then they ultimately like split it up into, you know, uh, secondary or, um, you know, future publications. They ended up releasing them like in separate parts. And so uh, that's where we get the series of, I think we got three Lord of the Rings movies. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, so Lord of the Rings comes in at number three on our list. And coming in at number two, Darius is one that uh this was the this was the this was the top dog on my list. This was number one. Yes. This was number one on my list. It was number four on your personal list. And I'm pretty sure it was top five for the tribe. But um this listen. When we talk about, you know, gangster films, gangster flicks. First of all, I'm, I I knew it before we did this show, but for the longest time, I didn't even know this movie was a book at first. I didn't know it was a book, you know, uh, uh, adaptation from, from a book. But you talk about uh, Mario Puzo, who wrote this book back in 1969. It stayed on the New York Times bestseller list for 67 weeks. It sold over 9 million copies in two years. And the original film, which was released in 1972, 
is one of the, you know, when you talk about, like I said, gangster films, it's one of the most beloved, one of the most memorable gangster films of all time. And we're talking about The Godfather coming in at number two on our best book to film adaptations of all time. Now, The Godfather, obviously, there were three films, the original in 72, then we got part two in 74, and then part three in 1990, which was a, you know, which is a big gap. I probably remember the first two, the first one was probably the one that obviously is, I think is the most popular, no doubt, of the three. But when you talk about book to film adaptations, this one, again, so so very popular. The the movies combined were made on around a $74 million budget. They grossed over $500 million. When you think about the time these movies were made, that's that's big time box office money. Of course, you know, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, of course, is... Uh, you know, the, the director and producer of the films. Of course, it, it follows the Corleone family. And it's a classic movie, man. It's a classic movie. And and the book was the book was solid as well. Yeah, um, it's interesting uh, choice because, you know, it's one that is is often regarded as some of the best films, not just in the gangsta um genre but of all time um uh ebert puts it number 12 on his top uh, on his uh robert roger ebert's uh greatest movie so number 12 overall um so that's nothing to to sh shake a stick as old folks say at um and and they say the books sold between 20 and 30 million um copies which is is huge uh, we, we talk about 150 for Lord of the Rings that's been out since the 50s um, and had that mass movie appeal. But unlike unlike Lord of the Rings, I remember going to Books a Million, if folks know what that, what that is, when those movies, the Lord of the Rings came out, that book popped back up and was selling like hotcakes. I don't know that anybody went back after the any of the three releases of the godfather and went back and read it like that you know i didn't in, in 1990 i didn't you know walk into to barnes and nobles and see that so that that um is kind of interesting to me and you i didn't know like yourself that it was even a book but um you know so th those are the differences between some of these books that are at the top and selling versus you know something that's just kind of and you got to think of all the stars that took took over in, in that movie and people who were fighting for those roles, you know, legends of the game are in that movie. It's just a, a classic, um, classic piece of cinema, I'd say. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, the Godfather. What, what more can what more can you say? I mean, we could talk about, uh, you know, the actors who. Uh, you know who you know from from Al Pacino to you know to to Diane Keaton, you know to uh, boy. I mean it's a, it's a, it's a it's a who it's a who's who. You know, um, uh, Adrian was in that movie. You know, um, Adrian from from the Rocky films. You know, she mm -hmm. had a role. You know, in 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 The Godfather, and so 
you know, when you think about her, you know, I don't recall her being in many movies other than the Rocky mm-hmm. films, but for her to be in like two of the biggest, you know, uh, series of films ever created with the Godfather and Rocky. I mean, hey, she she had a good uh, she had a good uh, good casting eye for for what movie she wanted to play in. So, uh, yeah, man, the Godfather coming in at number two here on our list of best book to film adaptations. And you got something to add? Yeah, just just to put the rubber stamp on it, it's Godfather Two was the first film in history to win an Oscar for Best Picture because usually the sequels are not that good, you know. Right, but right. in this case, it, it some people think two is better than better one. Better than one. Yeah, yeah. And I and I said one is the most memorable, but two is you're right. Two is definitely um definitely highly regarded. And I know if in a future we I know we've talked about maybe a a best sequels uh mm-hmm you know, episode for the GOAT debate. And I'm sure if and when that episode happens, The Godfather 2 will definitely be in in top five consideration, no doubt. So The Godfather, great book, great movies. And, uh, you know, I don't remember part three as much, but, uh, you know, still um, still, still great, great films and, and a great book uh, to match. So we're almost at number one almost at the GOAT, or at least in our opinion, or the composite rankings opinion, what the opinion, what the GOAT is for best book to film adaptation. But we always like to talk about our snubs before we go into uh, our number one. And so, Darius, I'm going to give you the, uh, I'm going to give you the floor first. I know you do you even have a snub tonight? Because I think. You, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I was going to say. I, I, was think, I think your top five. They all were either in the top five or an honorable mention. So, you you may not have a snub tonight unless you want to you want to make one up on, on the spot right now. Um, I, I of course don't have a snub because as you just mentioned, everything that I said came to pass oh, and you know here we go you know it, it's 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 there but one i don't know if i don't know if it would be a snub since it didn't make my top five and you know i am correct mm-hmm. um but another good um book to film adaptation forrest gump forrest yeah. gump is a great movie yep and uh a solid book as well so um just throw that one out there um uh but yeah i don't i don't have too many snubs uh were there any snubs i'm curious to see was there any snubs from the tribe yes there there were a couple so forrest gump i i want to sir i want to circle back to that or touch on that before we move on for the longest time forrest gump was like probably in my top five of favorite movies of all time i just love uh love forrest gump for whatever reason it's still one of my favorites. I don't know if it would be in my personal top five, um, you know, right now. Just if you say, what are your top five favorite movies? I don't know if Forrest Gump would be on that list. But for a while, it was. It was one of my favorites. I never read the book, though, which is interesting because mm-hmm. I just recently uh, found out that it was uh, adapted from a book. I didn't. I didn't, Just like The Godfather, I didn't know that 
uh, originally. But yeah, Forrest Gump is definitely uh, one of my favorites. Now, my understanding from what I read, because I, as I as I was compiling my top five, you know, I was doing my research, I was reading up on things. I heard that the film adaptation is very is very different from the book. I heard there were a lot of a lot of changes, or I read that there were a lot of changes uh, in the film versus versus the book. So, including like the ending and 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 mm-hmm. things of that nature. So, which I mean, of course, a lot of films are that adapt from books are are changed um, in in many ways. Some of them, you know, a movie like, for example, uh, The Color Purple stayed pretty true to form to the book you know and then you got other films where they they completely changed it up and that was one of the things i guess one of the critiques if you will um for forrest gump the film versus the book although the film did excellent i mean it won oscars it you know it it was critically acclaimed it won all sorts of awards so i i definitely think that is one that could be uh that could be considered a snub. Um looking at the tribes list here, just looking at um their choices. I'm, I'm like I said, they they had the uh girl with the dragon tattoo and Lord of the Rings were tied for first. The film that came in second is our number one. So I won't I won't bring that up until we we get into number mm-hmm. one, but um, a movie that that I that I heard more than one person talk about, and I could be mispronouncing this, is Train Spotting. Oh, is that, um, is that how you say that? That was one that they got a couple of votes, a few votes from the tribe that didn't quite make the composite top five. Uh, there were some interesting ones, man. We got a vote for Captain Underpants. I don't know how serious. <laughs> I don't know if that person was actually serious, but Captain Underpants got a vote. Yeah, I mean, it okay. technically was a film that it adapted from a series of books. So, um, you talked about the Bible earlier and, and Passion of the Christ. The Ten Commandments actually got a vote, and uh, which is very interesting. That wasn't. That was more of a television adaptation. Uh, if if you if you've ever watched the Ten Commandments, was that like? Did that come out like when like color was just being a thing? Oh, shut up, man! That's no, I mean, serious. Was oh, it? oh. Like, it was oh, super old. I mean, Charlton Heston as as Moses and yeah, uh, I think that was sixties, maybe seventies, okay. maybe. Maybe I just know that I've seen it a zillion times. And it's because mm-hmm. it used to always come on, you know, ABC. I want to say it was like uh, around Easter, maybe. I think it was always around a, it wasn't Christmas, so it had to be Easter. It was always around, you know, a Christian holiday. So I, I'm assuming that, that it was Easter. But I was actually, I chuckled when I saw that the Ten Commandments got uh, got some votes. Um, some other ones. I, I gotta point out Tyler because Tyler always listens to the listens to the show and shows us a lot of love. He get he said The Martian, which I've never seen the movie or read the book. So mm-hmm. um I know The Martian. Oh man, who was it? It was it was it 
Brad Pitt? No, 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 no. No. No, it's uh yeah. Boston guy. Boston guy. What is his name? Oh, Mark Wahlberg. No. <laughs> Matt Damon. Oh, Matt Damon. Oh, I thought you said Boston guy, but that's Wahlberg. Wahlberg's from Boston would... too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if Matt Damon's from Boston, but I think he went to Harvard, right? I know he's a uh, Massachusetts. Which... I think him and I know him and uh Yeah, he's from Bo- he's from Massachusetts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt Damon and uh what's his homeboy's name? Uh the dude that played Batman, Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so a couple other ones real quick. The Shining, great. That's that's a really good one. That's a really good Stephen King. In fact, I'll say the shining. And then I'll talk about my snub because it's also attached to Stephen King. But The Shining was a great book to film adaptation. The Shining is the movie like Jack Nicholson. I mean, that's excellent, man. I don't know if The Shining was actually ever in theaters. I always saw it on TV. I know a lot of Stephen King's books were adapted into like TV miniseries. I know he. I don't know if he had like a deal. With, with the network for that, but I know I think The Shining was like that. And I know my snub, which is It. It. Listen, the scariest movie of all... We do a horror film show. It's number one on my list. It is the scariest movie I've ever seen. Okay. I mean, you could find a combined... How old were you when you saw it? Oh, I, was, I don't know. I was young. And I'm talking about, okay. I hear the new one, you know, the, the new one, because, you know, what's interesting about it is it was originally a book. It was adapted for TV, and then they made it into a movie, you mm. know, too. So the, the the television adaptation, I think, was done back in the 80s. Tim Curry played Pennywise. He was horrifying. He was super scary. And then you get the, the movie which came out in 2017, the first one did, It Chapter One, which is the highest grossing horror film of all time. I didn't even know that. Wow. But it, but it is. It's the fifth highest grossing horror film. Uh, I'm sorry, R-rated film of all time. But if you take out, I think, they, I think they said if you take out inflation, um, it is the highest grossing uh, adjusted for inflation, it's the highest grossing horror film of all time. But uh, but it man is definitely my snub. Uh, the book okay. and, and the book and the movies, both TV and film, are, are are pretty true to form, and definitely super scary, man. That I mean, just the whole clown thing, and you know, an alien being inside of a clown. I mean, it it was. Uh, if my daughter wants to watch some scary movies tomorrow. I, I don't even. I was thinking about watching it. I don't even want to watch it, and I'm a grown man, and I probably, I probably still be scared. So, uh, but yeah, but it is definitely one of my, uh, one of my snubs. Um, okay. Yep. So, uh, the Hunger Games was one that was uh, the tribe voted, got a few votes. I love those movies. Those are those are very good. Uh, really surprised, no vote for Twilight. I thought Twilight might get some love, uh, but not a ton of votes for Twilight. That, that had like a pocket where it was hugely, hugely popular, like crazy popular. And then after after the movies, it just disappeared. 
So I, I, that, that was kind of kind of weird how, I mean, obviously they grew up and, you know, the fans of that grew up. But I remember I was working, you know, part time at Toys R Us and it was just, do you have, I don't even remember, Jacob versus Edward or whatever, whoever the two main characters. Uh, did you have this poster? Oh, I need the other one. Like, so they, they did an amazing marketing uh, with that movie as well, but yeah, after after that series left theaters, it just disappeared. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> and and Shane has a theory on why it just disappeared. He says because it was trash. <laughs> pretty pretty harsh criticism. Okay, man, but tell us how you feel. Uh, yeah, man. I mean. I know, I know my wife was into, into Twilight for a minute. I actually remember we stayed up, uh, I want to say, man, four or five o'clock in the morning. Uh, we started watching from the first film, maybe, I don't know, it was maybe nine, 10 o'clock at night. And we watched all of them, like in one, one sitting. And um, I haven't, I haven't revisited it. I haven't gone back. I haven't watched them again. So, um, but I, you know, hey, you, you you do it in in the moment to you know to 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 make if Mama ain't happy, nobody happy, right? Ain't that what they say? So, um, so yeah. So Twilight, yeah. I mean, it was all right, but not a, you know, not a, not my cup of tea. But you know, it is what it is. So now the goat, number one. This is my cup of tea. Eight films I've seen all eight of them. There's wow. eight movies I've seen them all. Here's the funny part: I've never read a book. I've never read one of the books, but I have read and hear that, of course, the film is adapted from the book very, very well. One of my favorite, uh, when you talk about just series of movies, you know, just one big story woven into multiple movies. One of my favorites, J.K. Rowling, uh, masterpiece. Number one on our list tonight is none other than Harry Potter. Coming in at number one for our best, uh, the GOAT, the best book to film adaptation. Um, of course, the series of books were released. What's interesting about this is that books were released while the movies were were coming out. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So you got the first Harry Potter book in 1997. The books were released between 1997 and 2007. We got the first movie in 2001. And the movies were coming out between 2001 and 2011. So there were still books being written as the movies uh, were being released. Um, you know, the story is great, man. Just, uh, you know, of, of, of Harry Potter, you know, a.k.a. the boy who lived and just his story with the, with his, his parents and what happened to them. And then his his journey through, you know, through school and the things he had to face and battle with his friends. It was just a great, uh, a great story. I, I never was one to be into like wizards and sorcery and any of those type yeah. of things, but I found, I found the movies to be very enjoyable and, uh, and, and very, uh, very appealing. 
Yeah, I wonder how that work uh, worked for you, um, because I know a lot of people who grew up in the church, because it's wizards and stuff, weren't even allowed to read the books or see the movies. Um, so, well, I was gr- I was grown by the time they came out. So I mean, oh yeah, I forgot I about mean, that. Was, <laughs> you know, I mean, the first movie. I think the first movie came out. I think I was probably like twenty. I was probably like twenty one. So uh, okay. well, never I mind. didn't have to, uh, you know. Get, get the green light to 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 see him, and I mean, for me, man, in my mind, it's all, you know, it was all fantasy. Like I'm not, you know, mm. it wasn't like I was going out here, you know, trying to, uh, you know, recreate or cast Harry Potter spells. I, you know, I did yeah. we went to Universal Studios one time. I had to do, I had to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Just had to do it. Had to see it. And that was a cool experience, but um, but no, I mean, I, I get it though. I think a lot of people, like you said, especially if they they grew up uh, in uh, a religious background, maybe stayed mm-hmm. away from from the movies like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings because of the wizardry and sorcery and, and all those type of things. And I and I understand it, but I also kind of, from my perspective, understood. Hey, man, it's just a you know, it's a movie. It's fantasy. And for me, it was fun, man. I wasn't like, like, like I said, it didn't like, you know, I didn't want to become a sorcerer after I saw it. I just, right. you know, just like, just like the movies. Uh, well, that, that's all true. What also is true is how big of a beast this franchise is. Uh, uh, over 500 million books sold, which is the most of any series of all time. Um, not just the popularity, but well, yeah, definitely this actually does speak to the popularity is the fact that how many times it was on the New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would release, she would release a book, it would get bestseller, then she would release the next book, that book would become number one, and the book she just released the <laughs> year prior would still be on the list. Right. She got to the point where she had three bestsellers in the top 10 at the same time. Yeah. That is such a beast. At that time, it was pretty much rare for a children's book to be a top 10 bestseller. You would see it occasionally. And she repeatedly did it over and over so much that they created a children's bestseller um, uh, list just yeah. because she kept dominating it. Um, it's just it, just a ridiculous, ridiculous feat. Um, and then all the movies that came out and you talked about, you, you visited Universal and, um, you know, just even the butterbeer that people who don't even really right. get into it. Yeah, I tried that. Nah, I didn't care for that. I tried it. But yeah, just to say. Yeah, I so, right. So but people had to go and they have to get their wands. Yeah. Um, it's just the whole thing. So. And she, you know, she ended up, you know, doing some some other um, books as well. But her bread and butter was Harry Potter, and it was it's just the popularity. I I didn't watch all the series. I read like the first two books, I think, and I think I may have seen the first two films um, on there. But very very good stuff. Very intriguing. Yeah, man. the the movie The movies are great. I would imagine the. Um... You know the books are, uh, are are just as good. Listen, man, J.K. Rowling is 
she's rolling in the dough, bro. Like she's rolling in the dough between the between the movies and, and the books. Obviously, what she you know what she probably got paid to to adapt her books, and then all the sales from her book, man. She she's killing the game. I think I read somewhere that her net worth is floating somewhere between like six fifty and a billion somewhere around there. So um, she's not doing bad at all for writing, writing children's books, man. I mean, you know, but Hey, you know, you find, you find your niche and, 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 you know, you, you go with it and it blew and it blew up. So yeah, man, Harry Potter is, like I said, if, if we, if we talk about just, you know, favorite like film series for me, it's probably, you know, you know, it's like Star Wars, Rocky, and then like Harry Potter is probably, probably, uh, probably number three. So definitely in the top five. But uh, but yeah, Harry Potter comes in at number one tonight on our list of best book to film adaptations. Harry Potter is our goat for tonight. And just to recap, our top five best book to film adaptations. Number five, The Color Purple. Number four, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Number three, The Lord of the Rings. Number two, The Godfather. And number one, Harry Potter. A lot of thes in the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 on the top five tonight. Four of the five, you know, but, uh, but yeah. So that's our list tonight. And then Jurassic Park and The Silence of the Lambs were our honorable mentions. So. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, episode number 21 of the GOAT Debate Podcast. If you guys have not already, which I know you have, you guys are listening, you guys are checking us out on social media, I know you're doing it, but just in case you have not already, follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at GOAT underscore debate. Search the GOAT Debate Podcast on Facebook. You'll find us there as well. Uh, you can, of course, DM us or message us future show ideas. Um, you know, email is available, but I won't plug that because, uh, you know, it's 2020. We can DM now. So uh, Darius reminded me of that a few weeks back. So, you know, if you got any show ideas, anything you want to hear us debate, go ahead and uh, send us a message on any of our social media platforms. We are usually very quick to reply and respond. Uh, and we appreciate the the love and support. Of course, um, if you're listening on a podcasting platform, be sure to rate rate us. You know, five stars preferably, and comment. You know, there's always if there's room for improvement, if there's things we can improve on, let us know. We're always working to get better. Darius is making that face because he's like, "What are you talking about? We're already perfect." But uh, if there's somewhere we need to improve, man, we we will take it under consideration because we want to continue to grow uh, the GOAT debate. Darius, anything you would like to add before we sign off tonight? No, just make sure uh, you and anybody else who haven't uh, complete your homework assignment, do so. The girl with the dragon tattoo, make <laughs> sure you put that on, not just on your DVR, but actually watch it and report back. Let me know in the comments or the DMs or the email what you thought of the movie. <laughs> is that a homework assignment? Are you talking to me specifically or are you speaking to, to everyone who's listening? Listen, if it hits your heart, go ahead and, <laughs> right, and follow right. it up. If and the shoe fits, wear it. 
<laughs> I, I, and and Darius and and our good buddy Shane in the chat room's homework assignment is to watch the color purple because you might be the only two brothers on earth who I know that have never seen the movie. But I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Uh, homework assignments for everyone tonight: the girl with the dragon tattoo. If you haven't seen it, the color purple. If you haven't seen it, uh, if you're black and you haven't seen it, please report to uh, your nearest uh, NAACP office to have your black card revoked. <laughs> Listen, I'll get, I'll dust off the VHS. I'll, I'll find the tape. We'll see if we can make it happen. All right. All right. Well, we thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the GOAT Debate Podcast. Be sure to check us out next week for another exciting episode. If you want to check us out live, we broadcast every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time live on Facebook. But if you can't catch us live, continue to listen and support on your podcasting platforms. We appreciate that as always. So we'll check you guys out next time. Hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy. Peace.